In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. It's official. The Cleveland Browns have made the playoffs after 18 years, and I'm here to celebrate with Jack Duffin and Ian Wright. Jack, how are you feeling, buddy? It's good. Uh, it turned into a lot more of a sweat than it needed to be, but uh, we got there. Um, it was a very, very vanilla game. Um, there weren't much going on in terms of like bold play calls and things happening. It was very much like, just do it. Um, I had predicted the Steelers to do that. I didn't think it would be so much the uh, Browns doing it as well, but interesting one to know. And on, on to, is it next week or is there a break? Or, uh, who the bloody hell knows? Next week. Ian, you are the longest Browns fan on this podcast. How are you feeling? Okay, for the listeners who can't hear, we've got celebrations going on. Everyone's dancing on the podcast. Subtitles are going on. Woo! Oh, it's only been 18 years. I was a wee man. I was still in my I was still under 20. I was 19 years old. I was at the Ohio State University. Actually, I was in New Jersey watching when we beat the Falcons. I was in Columbus whenever we lost to the Steelers. It's it's a unique feeling, you know. We've watched 0 and 16. We've watched 1 and 15. We've watched a lot of drop passes. We've saw 27 quarterbacks. It's hard to believe, but we did it. Baker Mayfield stood there at the podium and said, I'm going to turn this franchise around, and baby, we'll play next week in the playoffs. Excellent. The Cleveland Browns are 11 and 5. That's a big number. Um, I predicted 10 and 6. Jack, what did you predict? It was either 9 or 7 or it was 9 or 10 wins. Um, I think I went with 9 to start. So, uh, no. Actually, really I, sorry for interrupting you. I think I went eight and eight, actually. But um, Ian, yeah, I think you, it was the first year ever you were lower than me. <laughs> yeah. Ian, what'd you go with? I think I was optimistic, uh, but I'd have to go back and look. I basically said at the beginning of the season, with the schedule, the way it was laying out, and this was before, you know, Dak Prescott and all the NFC East turned into a dumpster fire, that we needed to win 10 games. That that was kind of the benchmark saying if we didn't win 10 games, um, was gonna be, it was going to be tough. Given the offseason that we had coming out with an 11 and five record, um, finishing the year three and three in the division, it's a good step. But the Browns have a long way to go. And um, actually, it was ironic. Jack and I kind of just sat on Zoom yesterday and we're shooting the shit for, you know, a good two hours or so about where the Browns are going to go and all that stuff. And, you know, and watching the game today, we, we, got, a, we got a lot of work to do. And we're you know, pretty much it right. Was, yeah. We need to. The wide receiver room's not right. And the biggest problem we came back to yesterday, time and time and That's time again, day. is the secondary. Yeah. Um, and then and you don't then you don't have Denzel Ward, and it's like, oh my gosh. But you know, we'll get a little bit into that. But you know, at the end of the day, you won the game, you needed to win. I don't care how ugly it was. I don't care if we won on a backwards forward punt safety. I actually, and I'm not even joking, I was talking to uh, the wife, and when the Steelers scored, I go, How Mike Tomlin would it be if he goes, kick the extra point 
because I was shocked he actually wanted to go to overtime because the Bills were obviously throttling the Dolphins, so it didn't matter for them. If they won or lost the game, it didn't matter. What if Tomlin would have been like, yeah, just kick the extra point. We're not, we're not wasting our time here. So, you know, do you know what, Ian? We're going to get into our normal format, but I was actually texting my friends who don't really understand NFL and not saying I really understand it, but I was saying it wouldn't surprise me if they go for one to rest the players and come back a stronger against the Browns the week afterwards. But we'll talk about that later on. Let's go straight in. Jack Duffin, out of 10, what are you giving our offense today? Six. Six? I, 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 it's, it's another one where you want to give them seven. Um, because it, it was very vanilla. There was times when they should have been converting. They weren't. But it wasn't awful at the same time. So I think six is fine. It was awful. It was a five. Ian, you think a five, yeah? Five. Yeah. You were going up against the backups. No Joe Hayden. Yeah. No Cam, no Cam Hayward. No TJ Watt. And outside of that first drive, you didn't you imposed your will at times. You didn't have long sustained drives until, you know, in even in that that fourth quarter, you got the ball 10 minutes left. You do a great job milking six minutes off the clock. It's third and three, and you take a sack to take yourself out of a potential two-score field goal range. That shit can't happen. This is this team. I am so happy they made the playoffs, but now we need to adjust our expectations. We need to be better. We need to close out games. And the offense to me just today struggled mightily um, in terms of getting, getting the offense going. I mean, after that opening touchdown uh, drive, there really just wasn't much to talk about the rest of the first half. We got the two touchdowns in the third quarter. You thought the offense was going to get going again. And then in the fourth quarter, Steelers come back, touchdown, touchdown, and we did nothing. We couldn't move the ball. Keep the ball out of their hands. Come on, guys. You know, Chubb hit a 1,000. Mm-hmm. Landry made a touchdown. 47 yards on a touchdown run. I mean, don't get me wrong. Statistically, Chubb, 14 carries, 108 yards. That's great. Baker, 17 of 27, 196 and a touchdown. Okay. I mean, that was like kind of what Tannehill was doing. No interceptions for Baker. Well, they didn't have anybody out there. I mean, only threw 27 passes. I I just didn't see a lot. I mean, you know, Baker was off all day. He was missing open receivers. His accuracy was off. You know, he's throwing behind Hodge. He's throwing behind Chubb. You know, he threw one out of bounds. I mean, it's just, he didn't look great. He ran well though. Yeah. His Baker's best quality day was his rushing ability. 44 yards rushing was fantastic. Jack, you're eager to say something. I think we need to ask a standard question on uh, Stefanski's play calling. There there was a lack of screens to Nick Chubb. (laughs) Jack, is that because of the bet? Let's have a a moment of silence. Jack's run (laughs) of Nick Chubb over receiving yards has come to an end. So it was was a mixture of both um, because it's something we've been really, really effective in. Um, He's been getting them and busting them for big yardage. several times every week um and i don't know if it's by design they just went let's keep it in the pocket but the issue is when it got to the second and got closer i assume they would be like oh, let's just pull it out because it's all right saving stuff for next week but if you don't get there it, it doesn't matter what you save for next week if you lose so it's one that i was surprised I didn't go to it but i think we'll see a lot more of it next week 
I think the fanciest you were going to get it was on that Jarvis end around handoff. And don't be surprised next week if that set up something. Don't be surprised if they look where you're going to, because you could run off of that play. So you have, obviously you have Bake, or I'm sorry, you have Jarvis Landry running in motion to take the handoff. Now you could build off of that, the uh, handoff. So you fake it to Landry, hand it off. Now you can also run the fake to Landry, play action to the running back, and then find out what did the defense do in terms of passing him off because now Landry could be a receiver or you could leak a tight end out of the back. So you really could have four combinations off of that route. So I think they ran that for a purpose. Here's a question. What happened to a Kareem Hunt today? Did you have a bad day or has he been found out or? It's insane how little Nick Chubb was out there. He, he might have out rushed him um, in terms of rushing attempts or at least was in the uh, start of the fourth, but Nick Chubb was basically not in the game. Um, I think probably had about 20, 20, 14 cares. 20 snaps maybe. Um, it wasn't just about when he had the ball. It was nearly all the time Nick Chubb was out. I'm um, sorry, Nick Chubb was on the sideline. So it was a really interesting decision. I don't know if he's potentially not 100% or why. I think it was more of just keeping him preserved, taking those hits off. I mean, you look at Tennessee and they give Henry 30 shots. But one thing I noticed with Hunt, it was very vanilla whams, powers, and they basically told Hunt, we're going to hand a ball off to you. You hit your spot, and he would run as hard as he can into that spot. But, I mean, 10 carries, 37 yards versus 14 carries for 108, where he averaged 7.7. Obviously, if you take away the long one, he finished with uh, 13 carries for 61 yards, which is still pretty good. I mean, that's still four yards a carry. So I think they were just – to your point, Jack, they were, they didn't run. It didn't seem like we ran a lot of inside counters. You almost wonder if maybe Wyatt Teller's ankle is still bothering him a little bit. They didn't want to pull him. Um, there was a lot of that, especially that Baker sprint to the outside. They were, they were kind of shortening the, uh, the trajectories of the offensive lineman, just trying to get a hat on a hat. They were getting outside leverage a little bit more for Chubb. So you notice like a lot of Chubb's runs were to the outside. So there, there definitely was a strategy or strategy based on the running attack today, I think. But, Antonio looked unusual. It's not like him to get one, two, uh, two penalty, but he, he got two. Um, so uh, that's Makes something you might they, change, they changed that cadence. They must have changed something up. Yeah, guys, back to my point, though. Hunt, he didn't look at himself today. Do you think he's been found out? Do you think the defense just didn't suit him? Jack, what's your view on that, mate? I thought he was fine. Um, didn't bother me too much. Um, I think a lot more was down to play call and what we were doing as a team rather than um, anything Kareem Hunt in particular was doing. I, as Ian said, I don't think the O-line was at 100%. Um, how much missing Stefanski on game day, I don't think. Not Stefanski. Um, Callahan. Callahan game day matters, maybe more in the second half. But uh, I, I think it's all good. They're ready to roll for next week. Um, I'm not too worried about the offense next week. The big thing that scares me is obviously the defense, how many people get back, how quick they can get back um, because it, it could get messy because they've got three wide receivers. Big Ben likes to throw more than run. Um, so it, it could be a really bloody day for the... Uh, well, to be fair, they can't run. They're the worst rushing team in all of football. They, so, just, they just don't bother. They just throw it. Yeah, short. they just are saying, hey, we'll, we'll, they use that West Coast short passing 
attack as their run game. I mean, James Conner was kind of the opposite of Nick Chubb. And I know we'll get onto the defense here in a, in a, a second, but what, I mean, James Conner, I think had what five receptions himself. So you can see, you know, they're going to check the ball down five to the tight ends. I mean, they completed 14 passes to wide receivers, five to the tight ends and five to James Conner. So it's, it's Pretty ironic easy. because, you know, we talk about building a team to an AFC North team to play against the Ravens, but then you play against the Steelers and it's a totally different game to playing against the uh, Steelers. So, um, Ian, back on you, mate. How do you think the O-line did today? I think they were better than the Jets, you could tell. I think that you have more mobility. You know, obviously when you don't have Nick Harris, who's not a traditional guard in the game, and you have a mauler like Wyatt Teller, you could tell that at times the Browns were just going to lean on the running game. I mean, Chubb, as limited as his, you know, and I'd be curious to see what his snap count was. You know, he still made an impact. It wasn't a great impact. We didn't do like full on Cowboys where we're rushing for 300 yards, but at the end of the day, they, they did what they needed to do. There was nothing sexy about it. I will say that much. Um, it was pretty much ugly at times, to be honest with you. And the offense lacked rhythm but I don't think that was really because of the offensive line. I think in a couple of the sacks, Baker was holding onto the ball. Um, the penalties, they're going to have to get cleaned up. You can't have a fourth and one where you're going to go for it and do a sneak and Batonio's ass rocks and we you know lose five yards there. That They got to get that stuff cleaned up if they want to have any chance against the, uh, the Steelers. Um, Ian, this is a good opportunity for someone who doesn't know the game as well as yourself. And what did he do wrong? I, did he just move his hand or anyone who doesn't really know the game? What would they have? What, what did he do wrong? So once you are in a set position, any quick, sudden movements are going to be deemed a, a false start. So if you watch on that one, when Baker went to send the receiver in motion, Baker made a step back. So just use his foot as kind of a, a signal. Well, but you see Batonio just rocks back. I mean, he just rocks back into a stance there's the false start. And on the second one, I think he, I think he lunged forward. It was definitely gonna be a running play because I think he fired off the ball and kind of looked over at Jedrick Wills like, Oh, and you could see, it wasn't like he was blaming something. He kind of looked like, yeah, I got that one wrong, which makes you wonder. I mean, not having Bill Callahan there, not going over that stuff. I mean, these are important pieces and, you know, we talk about COVID and we talk about all that stuff, but you know, at the end of the day, the Browns are a systematic offense. Everything has to be firing on all cylinders. And when it is, you get the Tennessee Titans. When it's not, you get the New York Jets and you get the second half really today for that really kind of that second quarter to the third quarter stretch where it was just kind of ugly. It just doesn't look right. There's not a lot of rhythm. You're not extending the drives. It's just, you know, they, they can get it together. And trust me, the Steelers are a good team. The Steelers are probably the most beatable team of those top four, aside from the AFC South. I mean, you don't want to play Kansas City. Buffalo right now is hanging 50 burgers on everyone. So if you're going to pick between those three, you pick the Steelers. Jack, tight end room, Hooper, um, and Juku. Do you think Juku's done enough to get his contract for um, the fifth extension or, or fifth year or? Well, yeah, so he's got the fifth year next year, which is six million. Um, Do you think we keep him for that? Yeah, I, I'm up for keeping him. Um, obviously, if there's a there's a good trade out there and they like a move that potentially solves another issue, maybe they trade him for someone on the secondary, someone in another room that they really need. 
that they could go out there and just pick up a uh, another tight end in free agency to add to the room because Njoku's not going to be there long term. You're not going to pay another tight end. Um, and Hooper, if he wasn't on the deal he's on, you're probably looking at that and going, mm, we could probably get someone else. He's not impressed to the level I think anyone hoped he'd be. But he's got another basically three fully guaranteed years on his contract, so he's going nowhere for any um, time soon. So uh, it's one where that's there. Brian, you're hoping for second-year improvement. And to be fair, you get very little out of a tight end, especially uh, one drafted where he was in the first year. So um, no, no real worry um, going on there. But Njoku's, I would say, especially in the last four or five weeks, become our best tight end in the room. And Jack, just, just, my mind's gone a bit drunk or all confused. Is he? Are we going into his fifth year or fourth year next year? Fifth year. Fifth year, yeah. Yeah, and Joku's fifth year. He's in fourth year. He was 2017 with Miles. So 17, 18, 19, 17, no, 18, 18, 19, 19. Yeah, he was. He was Peppers, Miles, and Njoku. 17, 18, 19, 20. But it would be 17, 18, uh, 18, sorry. 19, 19, 20. It was Garrett and um, Peppers. Ward. Mayfield and Ward, wasn't it? Is he a fourth yes, season? Yes, Mayfield now? and Ward. Yeah, yeah. This is fourth season. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's right, because you'd have to pick up the option for... Yeah, his option is the six million. Yeah, yeah, so he'll, he'll be the there next. drinking the most. Um, but anyway... Sorry, David Njoku just hasn't really done much to garner my attention this season, other than I was kind of hoping he'd break that one today where the guy was hanging on, but sorry, David. Come back in your fifth year and Show me, prove me wrong. I'm glad Jack sober and the knows what's board going material. On. Um, Ian, last question for you on the offense. Um, the wide receiver room Higgins, Hodge, they made some catches. Obviously, Higgins missed that catch, and obviously, Landry got a touchdown. How do you think it was today in the wide receiver room? I think they would have been a lot better had Baker's accuracy been better. I mean, he hung Donovan Peoples Jones out to dry, took a helmet to the back that was concussioned. Um, Hodge was wide open twice and he just threw it behind him. Um, I know we talked a little bit about tight ends, but he missed Hooper a couple times just in stride. You know, Baker's got a, he's got to get better with his ball placement. There's some games where he doesn't miss, but even that one to Higgins, I mean, yes, Higgins, you got to catch that ball. You got to squeeze it on a fourth down, but that, the ball placement was terrible. I mean, the ball's got to be up around the hip level, not down below the shin level. So, I don't, you can definitely tell that the wide receivers matter a whole lot to Baker um, compared to that Jets game. But overall, I thought they were fine. We didn't, we don't have that deep threat. And, you know, part of Jack's conversation that we had yesterday was when you look at this first round talent, first and second round talent in the NFL draft, the wide receivers are just insanely good. And, you know, obviously your best wide receiver Odell is on the mend right now and won't be back till next year. When you look at the deals, when you look at like what Buffalo did getting digs and you look at like what Minnesota's doing, um, trading digs for a first round pick, the Browns are going to have some decisions to make because we have a lot of very similar receivers and, you know, a guy like Higgins going into a contract year, you'd love to see him come up with those fourth down passes because like right now, we don't have an impact wide receiver. We don't. We have good wide receivers. We have possession wide receivers, but we don't have a, we don't have like a game changer. We don't have like a playmaker. That's what Beckham was, and he's gone. And Ian, you're saying that Landry's not a game changer impact player? 
No, no, not not at what he is. Landry is great. It's third and six. You line him up in the slot. You put him on a slot corner. He's going to beat that guy a good number of times. He's a guy that should finish a game, five catches, 50 yards. You find him in the red zone. He's a great blocker. He's an all-around guy. And, you know, that's one of the reasons we've had these larger discussions about the uh, the contracts and all that other stuff. Yes, he may be a vital part in the wide receiver room, but at the end of the day, a $14 million receiver is what Devontae Adams is. You know, he's, I think he's 16 or 17. And we're, you know, we were looking at some of these offseason contracts and Jackson telling me that Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay and all these guys are going to get 20 million. And I'm just like, my head's exploding. So the wide receiver numbers are going to go way up. And unfortunately the Browns have two big contracts. So they're going to have to get more production out of that room. Yeah. It's, it's one that if, if Jarvis is there as your sort of second sort of contract within the room, um, and he's on say six, seven million, then that's something you c- you can make that room work. Um, you obviously you don't have a Higgins, you have Jarvis instead of Higgins. But the fact is, when people talk about oh, you renegotiate, he'll stay here for ages. He's not going to go from fifteen down to six and a half, seven. It's just never going to happen. Yeah, you might get him down to say twelve. Um, you might do a fully guaranteed deal and potentially get him on at ten but you're going to be talking about wrapping up another five years where four are guaranteed. And you're just not going to do that as a team. And that's the issue. It's not so much, hey, I wake up in the morning, see Jarvis Landry's picture and growl. It's his contract is just not workable in a team where you want to be passing and winning rings. Um, and, and that's just the unfortunate thing. And lots of it comes down to it, it's the value of players that, I have an issue with certain players. It's not Nick Chubb is probably my favorite player out of the 53 in terms of the person, the character um, stuff there. Is he worth a second contract? Hell no. (laughs) And that's nothing to do with Nick Chubb. It's not a disgruntlement at Nick Chubb or the way he looks at people that I have any issue with. It's just the value. And the issue is we've got, we're now at the stage. We're not the stage we were four years ago where we've got all this money and nothing matters. We're now at a stage where we've got too many good players. We can't pay them all. A new um, GoFundMe just popped up to pay Nick Chubb by Adam. So he's going to cast and, his and, anger at you. And it, first of all, it's not thing. that he's not deserving of a second contract. You just don't want to pay him, you know, top end money. You'd give him a second contract as long as the numbers made sense to you. Yeah. If, if he wants to, if he wanted to take six and you get rid of Kareem Hunt and you pay him instead, fine. Yeah, is it ideal? No, but is it fine? Yeah, it's fine. I don't mind paying six. Um, is he worthy of 12 to 16? Hell no. And, and that's what people are saying. Hey, pay, pay Nick Chubb. It doesn't matter, pay Nick Chubb. And it's like, well, if you're paying that, get rid of White Teller. Or that, that's the sort of decisions you start getting to because we're already over the salary cap for next year. The LNFL salary cap is 175 million. We're at 181. And Yes, there's some rollover still from Sashi Brown. We're living on Sashi Brown rollover salary cap. That money is not lasting forever. That's nearly gone. Um, Dorsey did a good job of spending it. Berry hasn't really dipped into it yet, but it, it's one that that money doesn't last long. And we've backloaded all these deals, the Conklin, the Garrett, um, the uh, Hooper deal. So they're coming more heavy down the line. You've got Ward, you've got Baker, you've got Teller if you're going to pay him. Um, we always seem to go down the contract road. There is so much money you've got to throw out there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's genuinely, this is probably the most fascinating offseason for a Browns perspective in, you don't know what's going to happen. To, 
Baker's offseason, it was, hey, which quarterback are we going to draft? That was the only question. This offseason just gone, it was which offensive tackle are we going to draft? That was the only real question. Whereas now, literally anything can happen. Obviously, I'm in agreement with Ian after a long chat yesterday. Uh, wide receiver is probably what you've got to do unless you trade back. Get two second round picks. One. This let's year. let's. We're going to add forty minutes going on down that road. In terms of what we're talking about, the summary is you saw it today. Nobody was able to make a play. Chase Claypool made a play. Juju Smith Schuster made a play. We didn't. We had a handoff. We had a long run and a handoff. That that's the the crux of the the discussion is we don't have that playmaker. Is it Odell Beckham? Yes, he's not there. So now you have to deal with it. So the defensive side of the ball, which I know we're moving to now, you, we all see the problems. And you answer my question I was going to ask next. Do you think Odell's that player? You say yes. Jack, do you think Odell's that player? He could be, but I'm happy to draft it and move on from OBJ. Um, because the, the issue is uh, we've got a wide receiver room that is two really yeah, expensive players. Again. No, no, it's really quick. Two expensive players and nothing underneath. And that's what I don't really like. I'd much rather be in a position where you, if you look at the Steelers, perfectly humble, they've got four really good wide receivers that they like. I want that depth. I'm not too interested in being really top heavy and nothing behind it. I want four guys that I go, yeah, the, these are legit. And I think Donovan Peoples-Jones got the potential to be the legit guy. You've got Higgins, I think, can be a guy. I think if you draft someone in the first and you grab someone um, in free agency, it's not a rob level but you just grab someone that's decent that you've then got four guys cheaper than what we're paying now but that that's going to give other teams a lot of problems and you can mix them around and Stefanski great play caller give him more weapons I know we're going into a deep podcast um Adam I love what you said on the screen uh one of our listeners with Nick Chubb with a speech something to Jack anyway so I saw it anyway I think Jack had a chuckle about that as well. But last question, 30-second question is, the Browns took Jacob Phillips in the third round and the Steelers took, I don't know, five or six picks later, Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith looked really good today. Do you think we missed a trick there? Oh, you I mean, you can go all down that road. I mean, Highsmith is successful because TJ Watt and Bud Dupree don't make him a starter. So... That is a that is a different conversation for a different day. Um, there's a lot of guys in the draft that work in a lot of different systems, right? All right, and cool. but if you think about it, Jack, even to the Steelers, Juju, he's still on a rookie deal, right? Claypool, rookie deal. Yeah. Deontay Johnson, rookie deal. James Washington, not a lot. So there you have that's that's their way of building it as well. So all right, guys, let's go defense before we get super deep. Uh, we've got lots and lots of content for the offseason to discuss so we're gonna have loads loads of shows in the off season but and it's so tempting to go down that route right now but yeah we have just done a celebrationary playoff victory let's talk defense jack what are you giving it out of 10 the defense <laughs> ian's making funny faces for anyone who's not watching the podcast bit into a lime i'm not gonna be as harsh on them as i could because they are missing what is it six starters um, due to COVID. So I'm going to be kind to them and say three and a half. Three. I was thinking four, so there you go. Four. There we go. Ian was yawning as a Jack was thinking. That just sums up. Sorry, I was just trying to think of who the game, so, the player of the game on defense was, and it brought a yawn to my eye. Um, 
they did well when they needed to do well. They let Mason Rudolph overthrow a slightly interfered with Chase Claypool on a two-point conversion. There was a couple Good of times. There was another time there. where they another. should have been a uh, passing the hit to the head. And it wasn't. The refs yeah, did Robert us a solid. Jackson. Robert Jackson's going in the in my uh, cult hero uh, all-star Browns team this year, I think. He won't be on the roster next year. He's a good special teamer, so if you don't bring back Tavier Thomas, then he's your guy that'll step whoa, in. Whoa, but, whoa, whoa. Yeah, How dare you like say funny. something like that on the podcast? Defensively, here's the issue we run into, right? I will say, actually, the, there was a little bit of a bright spot. Jacob Phillips, I thought, played all right. He showed you speed. He showed you physicality. The Steelers tried to run that jet sweep a couple times that they usually can get people on, and Jacob said, no, 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 I've seen this. We're not going to do that. Um, Ronnie Harrison adds a level of physicality to that secondary. That, that There is no doubt about it. That is something we do not have. I like Sandejo. Um, you know, I think he's a good tackler. I think he's weak in coverage, which we've made very apparent. But he doesn't have the level of physicality that Ronnie Harrison does. So I thought that was a bright spot. And Olivier Vernon, you know, I hope that ankle injury isn't too serious. I thought, you know, he registered, I think, the, the lone sack of the day. Um, I thought he played well. So there was some some standouts there's some guys that played well on defense but overall they just struggle i mean that secondary is just swiss cheese jacob phillips has only played half of the games this season um but he's he's done okay you know was he a fourth round pick i'm thinking up top of my head i think he was a third round pick he was very anti-jack too because he did not get the highest pff score so therefore mr jack was like this is the worst pick ever he, he's basically a missile that works in run defense and is awful in coverage. But as Ian sort of pointed out and we discussed post-draft, if that's the piece that Woods wants as his one linebacker so he can play six safety, uh, six DBs, then that works. And I think Woods is – not Woods. Um, Phillips definitely got a great shout now at being our starting Mike linebacker next year. And a lot of negativity on um, Matt Wilson today. Um, Ian, how do you feel about that? You know, I want to like Mac Wilson. I just want to like Mac Wilson, the good linebacker. And his entire season can be summed up in the James Conner screen pass where he reads it perfectly. And he's like, I have elite athleticism and I'm going to just shoot this gap. And there's James Conner. And then I'm going to try to tackle a broad running back high up on the shoulders with the tackle. It's like Mac is always one step away from making a good play, but he never makes the play. So it makes him just look bad. I have no doubt that when the grades come out tomorrow, he's going to struggle because he struggled. And I think he finished the day with a tackle. I mean, it was, He's got to go back to special teams and just try to figure it out. I know we've got him for, I think, two more years. But, I mean, at this point, he just is a liability as a starting linebacker. And I want to like him. I do. I do. I, I, he, he looks like a really nice guy. I'm sure him and I could sit around at Chipotle and shoot the shit and have beers for hours. He's just not. And he might block me on Twitter because I said this, but he's just not that good. He's battling for a spot on the roster bubble uh, training camp. He better be really good at special teams. Um, how do you think Miles um, Garrett did? And sorry to ask double question. Is that it now? Any more sacks doesn't count towards his season or does it? That's it. Done. 
Season is over. The you, now his career stats. If he gets a sack in the playoffs, they count, but they don't count to like the regular season awards or anything like that. Yeah, I thought uh, OV looked positive. Obviously, today was another fantastic example of the pass rush versus coverage debate. Um, it didn't matter too much what they were doing on pass rush. I know they got a couple of hits, but it comes down to coverage. If your coverage is shot, then uh, it wouldn't, it didn't work. And to be fair, there was a few times where they did actually, the times where they got home on the D line, they actually did really, really well in coverage. Um, and you could hear the, obviously it's awful camera angle. We, we need Madden cam, not that ridiculous sideline cam that they give during NFL games. So you can see coverage and plays developing, but that they actually there was rare times where they did okay, but they obviously just got beat far too much. And we need eight pieces. There needs to be more. And when we get guys back, it'll be okay. Money Mitch is good. Harrison, obviously, being back. You've got Ward. You've got three workable pieces. And then it's just bodging the rest uh, for one game against the Steelers. And enough duct tape. Hope it all stays together. There is a guy I'd like to see a full offseason. He had the interception today, MJ Stewart. Um, I think there's a little bit there. Um, I think that he's somebody I'm not slotting as a starter, but if he's somebody that wants to come in and compete, you know, for one of the bottom of the roster spots, I thought he's done enough to show me that he at least belongs on an NFL field. I'll say that much. Listen, um, I know a lot of people on Twitter are going to tell you the fix in this defense is the easiest thing in the world. I'm going to tell you right now. It's not the money isn't there and the talent ain't there. Good luck fixing this defense. It is going to be the biggest project in the offseason. It's it's easier to fix a defense than it is to fix an offense. Um, because we saw the Dolphins do it last offseason. Obviously, they spent a lot more money than we're going to have available. They also had a ton more draft picks. Yep. Uh, but I, I think it's one and they're where... they're picking, what, top three? We, we, dis, we discussed it uh, yesterday as well, where if you spend that first in a uh, wide receiver and then you take whatever you get for OBJ, whether you trade for a player, whatever you trade for, and three day two picks, invest that all in, get a couple of free agents, maybe a, we said a slot corner and safety, um, re-sign um, OV. Suddenly the, the defense is pretty good because you're bringing in all these picks and you're not expecting them to start, but they can all grow. You get Delpit back. Um, I think there's a, there's a route there to the defense being above average and, that's what we need. We don't need a top four, top five defense. If it's top 16, happy days. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's all on Baker. We just need the defense to be serviceable. especially. Paul, Paul, let me ask you this. There's fourth quarter. Browns punt the ball. Steelers have it. Three minutes left. How much confidence did you have that the Browns defense was going to keep them out of the end zone? Um, not a lot. That's the truth. And that, and that's right there. That's the summary of the discussion is we didn't have faith that that defense was going to stop them. And it was almost like, well, how much can we defend them on a two point? I remember I turned to Rachel and I was like, the only benefit is they have to get a two point conversion. Um, okay, cool. Let's wrap up on the defense. Obviously we didn't have our cornerbacks. I think we should draft a cornerback quite high up. McGreedy hasn't obviously being fit this year. Yeah, we'll save the draft stuff for another day, but yeah. That yeah. Um, special teams. Hey, what are you going with? You know, Daryl Ryder and all these people out, oh, I would go constantly go for two. Cody Parkey's having a bad warm-up. What are we... 
I mean, come on, guys. You don't know what a kicker's doing. He may be trying to just play different shots into the wind to see how much. A lot of times, kickers will miss on purpose in warmups just to see what the ball's going to do. Parky, I thought, was fine. He he goes out there. Everything was dead down the middle. Hammer had one of his better games of the season. I still questioned the Ernest Johnson coming out of the He kicked it out, though, once. What do you mean, kicked it out? Like a touchback? No, he kicked it. He just kicked it out. Kicked it out of bounds? Yeah. Yeah, he had one that was, I think he pinned it at the 20 or something, right? He just kicked it out of bounds. He was just trying to not set up a return. I think he was trying to angle it a little deeper. But, I mean, he I mean, I think he averaged like 46 yards a punt. So, the, the hammer had a pretty good day. I'm not going to lie. Um, Dearness Johnson's kick returns were questionable at times. Um, I think sometimes he just needs to take that, that, uh, that touchback. I mean, he averaged 26.8. So, all that work for virtually nothing. Just take the knee and avoid the, the risk. Um, they recovered this onside kick. I mean, I thought the specials was fine today. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see anything glaring. We didn't give up any big plays. So I would say this is a perfect seven game. They weren't good enough for an eight. So I'll give the specials a six. It's just so annoying though, that we never get punt returns, kick returns, or, or we start behind the 25. The Steelers are also one of the better special teams units that aren't going to give you that. Jack, I know it always frustrates you, mate, but yeah, very frustrating. Well, the, the thing about the UK broadcast when they're on Sky is we, we just don't see it. Uh, we, we just stop so we get frustrated on what happens in special teams. But to be fair, I wouldn't mind giving them an eight. Everything worked as it should. Um, Gillen popped his pump where it needed to be um, in an important moment of the game. Um, so I, I, th- I think an eight's actually fine um, because if you're there and basically the special teams is irrelevant and a, a wash and you don't see anything... I got no issue. That's an eight. That's what I want. I, I, I'm not too worried about our special teams making game-winning plays. I just don't want them to fuck anything up. Um, sorry, guys. Um, so offense is six. Defense is four. Special team is eight. I said five, four, five, four, six. But you can go from there. Your name's on the top line. I, I, I would have taken seven if I could, but I can't take seven. I'm happy to round that one up. Cody Parkey hit all his extra points, which is a surprise. This Cody Parkey at the end of the day didn't hit a bar. That's a change. So Browns fans can go hit the actual bar and start drinking. Hey, I saw what you did there, Jack. Um, Let's talk about Kevin Stavansky then. Um. Do you think he made the right play calls today? Do you think he did well? He was obviously very calm, cool, and collective. We got the victory. Anything that you would change, uh, Ian? I'll reserve my answer to next week's game. I want to see okay. what, what it is next week's game. Jack? Yeah, he, he was just he was calling to get through the game rather than blow him out. So we're, the fun stuff will come next week, and I'm confident it will be there. All right, guys. Let's finish off on a high. We have made the playoffs first time in 18 years. Jack? Sum up in one line, please. Let's go, Brownies. Ian? Let's win a game, Brownies. Let's win a playoff game. And then we can all... Let's go, Browns. Four years doing the podcast. We finally made the playoffs. Go, Browns. Thank you, Sashi. Thank you, John Dorsey. We love you, Baker. Dorsey, you're the man. Let's wake up the sleeping giants, Jack. I still love you, Hugh. Depot. <laughs> <laughs>